Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I have one of our recent Firebird Award-winning authors to share with you. She is Karin Mady, and her book is titled Sebastian's Adventures, Diary of a Champion. When Karin was a child, she helped on the family farm and dreamed that someday she would become an accomplished dressage rider. Her dream came true when she and her family moved to a farm in northern New Hampshire, where she began to raise and train her own horses. Born in West Germany, she moved to the United States as a young woman and earned a business management degree from Newbury College in Boston. She taught martial arts for over 20 years and is a fifth degree black belt. She is also a graduate of Elizabeth Grady School of Aesthetics in Boston as well. And she has raised and trained four young horses from foal to championship. She has over 15 years of horse experience and continues to strive for excellence in classical horsemanship. And I am so happy to share her with you. So welcome to the network, Karin. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here too. And congratulations on the book win. Thank you very much. I was happy about that. So today, let's just start maybe with an overview of the book titled Sebastian's Adventures, Diary of a Champion. Maybe give our listeners just a little peek as to what's inside the book. Okay, the book um, basically has a variety of wonderful um, um, you know, experiences and stories. Uh, basically, what I did in the book, I turned the uh, experiences and wrote uh, wrote them into little excerpts and stories about Sebastian and myself, about his uh, Sebastian's life on the farm, my, uh, you know, my life on the farm, and and also our experience together because uh, Sebastian was a very young horse when he came into my life, and uh, it was very interesting how I actually uh, found him because uh, it was it was only due to two of my other folks that kept came into my life and the drivers that actually brought the, the, the other two Arabian horses to my farm talked about this wonderful, wonderful stallion in Manitoba, Canada, and that they have a Hanoverian. So that sparked my very big interest. And so I, after the uh, drivers left here and my new horses arrived, there wasn't too far and too long after that, I decided to actually uh, give a look at this uh, mysterious stallion that was supposed to be so wonderful. And when I saw him, I fell in love uh, with that stallion. And then I, of course, uh, wanted to see what, if he had actually foals. And to my surprise, he did. So when I looked at his offspring, I came across uh, two foals, actually. One was... Sebastian, but his name wasn't Sebastian at the time. His name was Superman. Oh, no. I didn't like that name. So I actually uh, had decided to rename him when he comes home to farm. But So I also came across then because, um, you know, Superman would have to travel a long, long way. So I decided to bring home his sister as well. So I... I was able to bring Sebastian, at the time Superman, and his sister Swan, was her name, but now her name is Hanover, to our farm. They were very young age, and 
Sebastian, a friend named Sebastian, he was my horse of my dreams. So that's how it all started. Oh, I love that story. It was so meant to be, and it was so kind of you to bring and keep the brother and sister together. That's that's a beautiful story. I could tell that you love him so much just from the pictures on your website. You could just see and feel the love just through the photos. He is he is a wonderful, wonderful horse. Uh, I love all my horses, but there's something very, very special about him, about his character, and also his heart, and he has he has showed me that many many times. And sometimes, to me, I can have conversations with him just as he was a human being. And, and uh, I hear people kid me often and say, "Well, you're forgetting he's a horse." And I said, "Well, I can talk to him just like he's a you know human being." And and often I do that. Sometimes I talk out loud and people can hear it. But also we, Sebastian and I, just have this, uh, uh, like this uh, energy, synergistic uh, uh, talk with each other, and we don't need to uh, use words. It's basically nonverbal. Oh, I feel that as well. I I have rescued 13 cats. They've kind of come into my life, and I love every one of them. But there's one in particular where we have that kind of relationship that. We talk to each other without words. I mean, I talk to her with words. And um, at the end of the day, with actually with all of them, I feel like I've been talking and listening all day and nobody's really saying anything out loud. So there's definitely communication and love and and probably, you know, more in-depth relationship than you might even have with a human just because you get rid of all the clutter and it's just a heart kind of a thing. That's absolutely correct. And I'm glad you have that connection with your cat because you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about because um, my horses are my my best friends, basically, I can say, and we have communications anytime. And when I, even sometimes before I enter the, uh, the, the barnyard, if anything is wrong or out of place, I can already sense it that one time the back end actually injured his foot. And... Uh, just looking at him, I knew there was something really wrong, and I was already telling myself in my mind, I hope it's just something very simple. But when I got closer, I could tell, and right away I knew that for some reason he had uh, injured his foot on the horse fence, a screw was sticking out, and one of, and the other horses, while he was standing up there, they were starting to run, but one of the horses pushed him into the screw and, and, and entered him punctured his leg deeply, so it was already, an um, infection was already starting to set in, so I, my number one always if an animal gets injured, I have to control the infection right away, mm-hmm. so I was able to do that, and then of course treat the, the leg, and, uh, but this is what I mean, when you're close to your animals, you sense any time if there's something wrong, you already know it before you even, uh, before you even get to them. Oh, absolutely. I know what you're saying 100%. Oh, this is great. It's nice to meet a fellow person that understands and gets <laughs> gets what's going on between you and your animals. Now, so that's why it was probably easy for you when you were writing this book to write from the point of view from Sebastian, kind of like a horse talking about his life, um, and then going back and forth between the point of view, between him, other horses, and yourself, how was that as a writer? How was that to write? 
at the beginning, it felt a little awkward, and I actually had gone to a publisher, and and I presented the idea in a manuscript, and I was told this is impossible, but it was impossible to have communication with an animal and then write it from the perspective of the horse and yourself. But I, in my heart, knew that, you know, it's not impossible. So, but how I, I did um, the communication with Sebastian and I, it, it was uh, to our interaction throughout the day when I come to the barn, he expresses himself in certain ways. And he lets me know if he wants something. For instance, he loves jumping. He loves the time with me. And if I don't, sometimes I'm busy doing barn chores or other things around the farm. And uh, so he comes to the door, uh, to the barn door often. And if I'm busy and I have my wheelberry with there and I'm mucking the stalls. And so in order for him to get my attention, he just, attention, he just pushes over the wheelbarrow and that gets my attention. <laughs> Often I have to tell him, I tell him, I know you would like to come, and you would want me to come and spend time with you, but at this moment I'm busy, and I promise in five, ten minutes that I have time for you. So then he stops, and even though he might not understand the words, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but he, he just senses the energy that is uh, heartfelt, and sometimes I pretend I get upset at him, which I really am not, but he understands that too. And often when I feed him and install, give him his grain, I have to I have to feed him a half a scoop of his grain and then more because he has a tendency to eat too fast and I don't want him to to choke uh, on his grain. So I give him half and when he's ready, he just uses his knee <laughs> and bangs against the door to let me know he's ready for a second too. Oh, I love you. This is I, I'm I, I do so many of the same things. This is so beautiful. <laughs> this communication is just just awesome. I'm glad you did not listen to the person who said that you could not write from a point of view from a horse. And you know what? I think this conversation today will really help others who who have animals in their lives and maybe are thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this or maybe this doesn't make sense or maybe this not this is not for real. So I think this is um, maybe inspiring to others. It's very real. And uh, before I tell you, I actually decided to go to another editor to help me uh, finish the book and edit my work and just read it over. And he had all the, we had meetings a few times and I was so happy that he understood and he didn't want to changed my way of writing um, the book. And uh, so I was so pleased, and I'm also pleased how it came together. But um, also, um, you know, uh, people, if, if you think the animals don't understand you, it doesn't matter. I can talk the same way to Sebastian like I do to my cats or my dogs. We have a little doggy, which was supposed to be my daughter's, but it ended up being mine. He's 11 years old now. And over the years, growing together, I think not only do we understand them, but they understand us. They know our habits. They know exactly how to treat us, how how they can um, drive us into making sure they get their treats or their attention. Um, but also, I want to say, a lot of people, when they say, and I hear it often, and I think people should reconsider not saying negative things about their animals, uh, 
because they have feelings, and they, and, and they might not understand the exact words, but they do understand uh, how you say the words, and then they understand the energy that's coming across. And that's why animals can sense right away if a person is sincere or mean or, you know, against animals. So it's very important to keep that in mind, to always, um, you know, say positive things about an animal. And I remind my husband often about it. He's very positive. He's loved his cat, but sometimes he leaves his dog out. <laughs> so then sometimes an animal acts out if you don't, if they see that you favor one animal and not the other. And I try myself um, never to do that, even though Sebastian is my favorite horse. But I, it, a lot of people know that, but I tell uh, people uh, that he will feel it if they talk too much about that he's my favorite, the other one's sister, and then jealousy starts. And I've seen it that uh, sometimes horses start uh, trying to push the other horse away just because they are jealous mm -hmm. of the other horse. Oh, sure. I mean, just like you would treat your children, you wouldn't favor one in front of the other or talk unkindly toward another. And I even think the names that you name your animal, I, I, I looked after somebody's cat a couple months ago, and they they named the cat Nightmare because they said the cat was always in trouble. And I thought, oh my gosh, why would you name it a negative name? <laughs> that That's right. You would never, you would never want to do it because often the animal will live up to your expectations. Yes. Absolutely, just like humans do. So there you go. Right. Oh my gosh. Now, in addition to the stories that you tell in your book, I, I believe you also want to reach out to young people and or those who own horses and, and really stress the importance of the responsibility of looking after horses, right? Absolutely. Um, a lot of, when, when the young people, when young people have horses, um, and parents, when they actually buy a horse for a younger person, it's very important to educate yourself and know that horses live a long life. They can live now these days with good care. They can actually live into their 30s, maybe late 30s, even early 40s. And it's very important to, uh, to know that because horses become part of the family and uh, also... They need to have an established routine. They like to be fed on a certain time. They like their breakfast, dinner, and lunch at a certain time. They like their host trims. They like, you know, they like their hay and their water supply replenished. And they like um, their teeth uh, checked and, and actually floated by a professional. They need their shots at a certain time of the year and their warming. So these are all essentials that we need to be kept in mind, and it's not something that you could actually skip because uh, it, these are all pre preventative measures, and it's important to stay on a timely schedule um, with, with your horse routine, but also with your medical and other um, routine of taking care of the horse, like hopes and whatever else they need to have done, like I said. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, also, it's important to have the time because you can give a horse the best care, but if you don't have the time to spend with them and just see a horse to, to put the saddle on and ride them and then have somebody else take, take care of them, then you won't be necessarily established a relationship that 
perhaps uh, you have dreams of having with your horse because if somebody else always takes care of them, then the other person that takes care of them, actually the horse becomes uh, theirs because horse are, horses are herd leaders mm-hmm. and uh, they like the human being. They actually look at a human being as a horse. They don't see, my horses don't see me as a person really. They look at me as a, as a horse. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to maintain my status as their horse uh, herd leader, I have to continue to provide for them and show them that I'm worthy of being their herd leader. And that starts with everything from riding with them, caring for them, making sure they're safe and having the time with them and interacting with them. So that's very, very important. Um, yes. Absolutely. And just the continuity of care, because horses live a long life, um, I think if someone is entertaining the thought of, of purchasing a horse or caring for horses, they've got a plan that that's a lifelong commitment. Um, you know, I've been doing that with cats. People say, oh, here's a kitten. Can you take a kitten? I'm, well, I'm of a certain age now that I don't want the cat to outlive me. So, you know, I'm not taking any more little ones because then what happens if you're not here and they're still left? So I think those are all things, very valid things that you mentioned for those who are considering getting any kind of animal to consider. That's absolutely right. And I have, you know, through my horse experience, uh, it's been now to over 20, it's getting to be 20, over 20 years of horse experience for me. <laughs> and uh, I have uh, always enjoyed talking to other horse people and learning from their experience and hearing what they're saying and there were sometimes some uh, things to be mentioned, such as, well, my horse is now getting to be too short for me. I got exchanges for a bigger horse, and right. I'm going to sell this horse. And I, I look at them and I think that I'm, and I tell them also in a nice way. I say, well, horses are family members, and you can't just uh, pack their bags and just send them off to another home because it takes them a long time to establish a you know, um, and be comfortable in their new home. It took my horses about a year, even as horse when they arrived here. And I knew that it, I wouldn't, I didn't just start uh, working with them. I, I knew I had to give them time to settle in, to get to know the environment, to get to know me, to trust me. Trust is a big, uh, a big um, issue in when it comes to uh, training and raising horses. If you if you just sell your horses to other people and they sell them again and sell them again, but the horses uh, they grow very um, they don't trust the uh, people as much because every time I had a horse actually he, his name was Cairo uh, he's not with me anymore but he every time he saw a horse trailer he just ran from one side of the field to the other oh. and I couldn't figure out why he was doing that until I. I learned about his past, and his past was that he came from many, uh, you know, even not very good uh, homes. He was, uh, every time he did a little bit something wrong, and horses will not always be perfect like any other animal. Right. So sometimes they, they, you know, they do some things wrong, but you have to work through that, and you have to understand that's important to do. But most horse owners have shipped him to another place and another place, and situations every time he went, it got worse and worse till he ended up on my farm. And then I I had none verbally told him that 
you're staying, and we need to now take your suitcases and unpack all your problems <laughs> and start from the beginning. And that's what we did. But it took many years for him to, every time he saw a horse uh, trailer, that he wasn't running oh. away, you know, from the horse trailer. Right. So that eventually, after four, five, six years, he was really become very trusting, and we actually had a wonderful relationship and, until um, he passed. I'm thinking of a new book title for you. It's Don't Divorce Your Horse. I agree. Don't, because it is, you enter in a, in a, like, it's, they're becoming your children. It's like, uh, you know, you enter into, like, some kind of a marriage with your, with your animals, and, yep. and the minute you, you sell them or you send them to another place, they mourn. They, they really miss the, their home. They miss the family, and, and it's very hard on, on animals, and I, I like, you know, I always, uh, that to people, and I, I, I used to give, um, and I still occasionally give horse clinics on about, um, the horse clinic's name is um, just for the love of your horse, mm-hmm. and when I give the clinic, it, the clinic is basically people come and they, they uh, learn about what it's like having a horse without actually having the horse, so I have them come, even in the winter time, they come and they help muck the stars, brush the horse, learn about cleaning their horse. They have to do everything for the horse. They choose one horse. Right now I have four left. We used to have six. And they, the ones that came, they choose one horse, and they have to do everything. They could pay up with three, four people, and they have to do everything for the horse. The horse could take them in the ring for a walk, halter them, get to know the personality without riding. There was no thinking of even putting a saddle on the horse until... They were comfortable, and, and after six weeks, a lot of the uh, individuals that came to my clinic, they had a good understanding what it would be like to have a horse, the commitment you have to have. So there were maybe two people that actually emailed me back and said, I'm ready now to take the next step. And the, uh, the other 10 or 12 people decided a horse was not for them because the cost was too expensive, the commitment was too much, and they, they just didn't want to, um, you know, uh, like commit to that type of time that it would take to care for the animal. So, so they thanked me actually for giving that clinic. Oh, that is an amazing idea where people can really experience what it would be like, not just the fun part, but the the real life part. That is that is awesome. Oh, this is you are just such a lovely soul. Thank you for sharing this today. And that's why I think folks really will enjoy your book, Sebastian's Adventures, Diary of a Champion. So is there anything we missed as we begin to wrap up? Anything we missed that you wanted to share today? Well, I just want to say I feel really connected to you because it's so wonderful to speak to somebody from the heart that actually understands what it's like and how to communicate with animals. And that is really uh, very rare, I found. A lot of people have animals. A lot of some can connect with the animals. And a lot of people tell me, well, I don't see what you've seen and I don't know why you're talking like you do. But... um, so it feels wonderful to have to speak to you and to someone that actually uh, uh, feels the same way and has uh, very similar uh, experiences. And uh, basically what I want to say um, 
I I feel that I could go on for hours and and um, there's not enough many days that I could that I would want to stop talking about horses. But basically, what I want to say is that if you do, just like I told my uh, my the, the clients and the people that came to my uh, for the love of my horse clinic, just like I told them, learn about what it's like having a horse. Uh, think about uh, put yourself in their shoes. It basically, in order to become a really good horse person, you have to start thinking like a horse. You have to see uh, walking their, I can't say shoe, I have to say horse. You have to walk in their horse and uh, see it from their perspective. And um, th- then you really uh, get a good insight. So before you, you know, go out and buy a horse, because a lot of horse breeders are anxious to sell your horse. They don't have, they just want to sell your horse. Make sure you know the background of the horse. Have a veterinarian check the horse. And um, make sure before you uh, commit to that, know that it's, um, it's a life, lifelong commitment. And horses can live anywhere from 30 to 40, 45 even years old. So. Oh. Thank you. So much good advice from you. Where can folks uh, learn more about you and uh, get copies of your books? Uh, in my area, it's the local bookstore, the Littleton uh, Bookstore. But anybody that, um, you know, throughout the country and even throughout the world, I have now my own office website, and my books are available on my office website, and it is uh, Karen Mady, K-A-R-I-N, M-A-T-E-Y books.com um, I think The Backhand's Adventures is a great um, it's a great children book but it's also for parents if they want to buy their child a horse that they learn about it and I had a I had a family um, their daughter also loved horses and she bought the book for for her daughter somebody local here and uh she thanked me so much for writing and she said her daughter learned so much and and um, she has her own horse now and she shows them here in the local competition, which is wonderful. And I'm always happy when I hear back, uh, oh, this is wonderful, the book influenced me and, and uh, Sebastian has, uh, you know, done so much. I know the relationship I can have with my horse and uh, so that makes me happy when somebody else um, you know, um, reads the book and, and gets um, some snippets of uh, really good information out of it. Alrighty, so the name of the book is Sebastian's Adventures, Diary of a Champion, and the website is K-A-R-I-N-M-A-T-E-Y books.com. You, my friend, are just a surprise and a blessing today. You never know where the conversation is going to go, but I was just, I feel like I met a soulmate here today. Thank you for sharing you and your books and keep writing and keep sharing and keep doing the beautiful work you're doing with horses. Thank you for today. Oh, thank you very much.